Tag and Bienvenidos listeners and welcome to Uber Cinco, the podcast game show where we deep dive top fives. I'm Brian Ernst, your jolly host for today's festivities and in the den today are two international men of mystery, Mitch Brinkman versus Nathan Hennen Fent. Today our contestants will reveal and defend their top five first date activities. Both men have been through the ringer, both as planners of first dates, and it has dudes who have executed those plans with military precision. Our first contestant is a first date captain who purposefully drops pencils so he can bend and snap his flowing locks into view. It's Nathan Hennenfent. How are you? Yes, hello. Great. Uh, I've had more first dates than anybody I've ever met, So, but they've all been almost identical, so I really had to use the old imagination to come up with this. <laughs> I knew it. I knew that would be the case. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to kick your ass today, Nathan. And that other voice you hear is his challenger, a first date general that prefers he and his date dress alike, march and beat, and only eat their designated rations. It's Mitch Brinkman. How are you? Uh, hello. Good day, sir. Uh, and, uh, you know, Addies, Addies, this doesn't have to be too formal. Uh, it's just like the first dates. Uh, I like to keep it cash, baby. Get to know me. I get to know you. And then we get to know the other parts. So um, let's roll. <laughs> God, the other parts. <laughs> Such good military lingo. Also, we try to blow so much that it gets you out of this world. Help us blow you to the moon by heading over to bizbear.biz to submit your suggestions and questions for upcoming shows. And if you are new to the den, welcome. And let us wake you up with a quick rundown of the rules. Each player in the den has spent time with today's topic, arranging their top five answers in order of importance. Those answers have been submitted to the host who will moderate the game, awarding points to the player with the most poignant answer. Starting with their number five choice, we'll move up the ranks until we reach each of their top answers. But if both contestants happen to have the same answer on their list, well, we have an Uber Stereo. You will hear the official Uber Cinco siren, and both players must reveal their answer and what number they ranked their submission. An Uber Staredown is all or nothing, with one player earning three points. After all answers have been read, the host will reveal the final score. And as a reminder, don't forget to stick with us until the end of the show, where I, Brian Ernst, will give you my Fast Five send-off, where I'll rattle off the definitive list of the top five worst summer thirst quenchers. Ooh. Oh my. And finally, I am entitled to institute a house rule for today's game. And guess what? I have another post-it of wonder, plus two points uh. to whomever mentions the most cliched of first date activities, whether it's in your actual answer or describing other first dates in general. So, cliche, gentlemen. Sure, sure. Nathan, you won the pre-show Reggie Miller fan club trivia giveaway, so you <laughs> may go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, that's terrible. He's like an earworm. Um, he just he just burrows in. He, he, you never get him out. <laughs> this is... I already you feel like a punching him. bag today. Brian, you <laughs> rattled him just like Reggie Miller rattled Michael Jordan in game six of the 1997 Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, my God. This is great. They, did, they didn't play. They didn't play them that year. But anyways, um. <laughs> <laughs> did, I say, did I say 90, I meant 96, 96. Sorry. Nope. Wrong. Sorry, yep. 98. It was 98. It was 98. Yeah, there yeah, we go. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yep. There was only so many 90s years to choose from. So <laughs> um, he got it. He got there. Anyways, my number five is 
if you're going to go to a movie, which you shouldn't because then you can't talk, make it an audience participation screening. Now, I'm going off of a first date that I had within the last few years, and (laughs) this was something I was really nervous about, but it turned out to be super fun, is I was taken to see the Rocky Horror Picture Show at the Music Box Theater in Chicago, which was an absolute trip. I had never seen the Rocky Horror Picture Show before. I had gone my whole life without it. I know there's, there's there's a whole subculture around it. And people, um, so we get there, and you know, every like so many people are in costume. They're it's it's a very liberated group, uh, sexually and otherwise. You know, it, it, you you can't help but let your guard down a little bit when you're there. So that was cool. And then somebody from the movie was actually there, like did a little Q and A beforehand, and everybody was just the enthusiasm and excitement uh, was was kind of amazing. And then the movie started, people in costume were like sort of acting it out parts of it along with it. And then at one point people threw toast, they brought their own, they had toasted bread in their toasters at home and then they bring it to the movie. And then there's a scene where they throw the toast at the sky. I mean, I don't know. They were throwing toast. People were throwing toast. It was chaos, but um, it ended up being super fun. And, uh, you just you can't help but sort of be a more relaxed and open version of yourself because you get swept up in the moment. You try to participate. Everybody's yelling at the screen in unison, and so, anyways, it, it ended up the the the, uh, a, the relationship did not go anywhere. But we had such a good time. On, I think we had such a good time on the first date that <laughs> the next few before it petered out were kind of like letdowns. Like we had so much fun with that first thing where it was like that the the woman I was out with had not done this before either so it was just having that shared experience together of something out of your comfort zone together was what made it a very good first date that's the end of the story so this is a good choice but i also had my first rocky horror picture viewing experience at one of these and it was not a fun experience for me as somebody who hates talking during a movie. I have never seen the movie. I want to tell everyone to shut the fuck up. It was the worst. And you I had you didn't Google it before you went. You I, like those. Everyone knows you yell at those things. But the person who was there, there was a group of people that were like the ultimate Rocky Horror fans people that like go to all of these screenings yeah. and like have something queued up for every line of the movie. Yeah, like, that's the point. <laughs> but it's so it, like they weren't even good. Like I won't even repeat one of the jokes the guy said. His he went for a big laugh by telling a mass shooting joke like Ew. recently after Sandy Hook. And I was like, "Why is this fun? Why is this a fun experience?" And like that happened in the middle of the movie and it like ruined everything for me i'm like i hate this guy i want to punch him right in the throat it was horrible for me for me i could so. not handle these uber people just being so like annoyingly into it like everybody else was like fun into it and knew some of the things to say but when you have like these jock versions of like rocky horror picture fans it was just not fun for me at all so i if i had this was a first date i would have been we would never seen each other again. So I'm like, this is horrible. I hate this. We don't like each other. Moving on. 
So, uh, Mitch, your uh, number five. <laughs> yeah, um, my, my my number five is is an audacious thing to do, and that is on a first date. Um, you bring your date, or you go to your dates, uh, like a, a family party. That's like a yearly tradition. You know, maybe like every Memorial Day, the dad grills like 84 pounds of sausage and everyone plays cornhole or something like that. Like one of those year, you know, it's not Christmas, it's not Easter, you know, it's not one of those, but you go to a family party. So the first date, you're meeting mom, you're meeting dad, you're meeting sis and bro bro, you're meeting some cousins maybe. Yes, yes, a first date. This is my worst nightmare. You've done this? This? (laughs) This is a real thing? I, this was, I literally, this was a third date for me. I went to someone's family party and met the entire family. And I'll give oh, you a tip. Horrible. If you go to one of these, <laughs> don't get caught making out right next to the beer fridge in the basement where you think no one else is. Uh, and then it turns out the father was in the wine room and then comes around the corner and catches you and says, ha ha, caught you. Um, and then keeps walking. You're like, what am I supposed to do with that, sir? I, yes, I'm have my tongue in your daughter's mouth. But, um, this is, but, but wow. honestly though, right away, you figure out who's going to be on your team, like from the family, if things continue. Um, like I, I figured out this party, the brother was very cool. Him and I were going to jive him and I exchanged phone numbers, the sister, not on my page. We didn't talk that much. Um, the dad was actually very cool. Him and I teamed up and played beer pong all night. Um, you also tongued by the fridge. <laughs> yeah. I caught him and his wife tonguing by the uh, chilled uh, fireball uh, apparatus out in the, out in the driveway. Nice. Um, but like, you know, but, what party like, is this? <laughs> it was, it was a wild party. I, th- I think it was her, her, her like brother threw like an annual like Bacchanalian, you know, uh, bring all your friends back from college or wherever they're at in their life kind of party. But you know, um, one of those, yeah, one of those. <laughs> but uh, but I figured out right away that I probably was gonna get along better with the family, namely her her dad and her mom and her brother, rather than my date. So I kind of like figured that I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm having more fun not hanging out with her. This probably won't last that long. Um, but you, you you figure those things out right away. This is sort of like, you know, this is pouring fuel on the fire. And if you got tough skin, you know, you can hop in that puppy and figure out, you know, how well this is going to cook, if you will. So um, I know this is audacious. This is crazy. Uh, but I think it's just crazy enough that it might work. <laughs> is this a movie I, or what? I think this is a movie. Oh my god! I, I well, had a I had an experience somewhat similar to this on accident, and it was one of the more <laughs> awkward moments of my entire life. I this is back go back to the the London days, nearly a decade ago, and I I met a friend of a friend who happened to be in London, and she and I hit it off, and I literally flew to a different country to go for, like, the second date, <laughs> and so I, I went to a different country, and we're in the capital of this said country, and, uh, you know, it's a world capital, it's a big city. And, like, I've been there for, like, maybe three hours, and we just happened to bump into her entire family (laughs) who's, like, out for the day. So there I am, literally holding her, like, infant niece, because everybody's like, well, and then then it becomes clear to everybody that I don't speak the native language, and I'm just kind of like, whatever. So everybody kind of awkwardly switches to English. What city are we in? Because you're not giving any details. (laughs) 
We're in Copenhagen. Oh, okay, Copenhagen. And, okay. <laughs> and we're in a world city. I don't speak I the just, language. I'm holding no, no, a human. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but but I was. Everybody was like, like, wait. So who are you? And where are you from? And why are you here? And I could just see this sort of disappointment, like fill their eyes as they're like oh you've you've known our our beloved daughter slash niece slash grandchild for like what six hours and you flew here like they did not believe my intentions were wholesome and, because they uh, were they absolutely yeah, were yeah. they were because they absolutely were, <laughs> they were yeah. dripping in danish hey, this, filth so. this, 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 wo- this woman and i are still we are still friends she is a, a delightful person and we we still keep in touch so it turned out to be a very wholesome experience and so all of them all of them were wrong they judged me and they should not have I was totally an, an, an honest, good little mis- Western boy. And uh, yeah, like, so <laughs> I was an honest Miss Western boy. <laughs> well, it's a little Miss but, Western boy. <laughs> but, but, but the th- my, my point is, I, I stumbled into oh, this God, experience and I would, after that, I, I would never voluntarily <laughs> go to this on a first date or second date or third date. But I admire your bravery, Mitch. I really yeah. do. I feel like you are the type of person who would thrive in that environment. So I, I take of the my three hat of us, he is the only one who would. Thrive <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you, I would be down by the beer fridge, not making out, just hiding and waiting for the night to be over. <laughs> well, you, you know what? Also, I, I had a sleepover too because everyone was drinking. So I like everyone so like had a sleepover at their house too, and it was. It was it was it was nuts. It was absolutely nuts. Uh, All right, but, Mitch, yeah. this is absolutely nuts. Yeah. So I, I can't give you the full three. I'll give you two. Okay. And Nathan, you, I was going to give you three, but you brought up a lot of bad memories and anger. <laughs> me, so you're only getting two. Uh, so we need to move on to number four. That will be Nathan. You're number four. Uh, this is a Chicago specific one. Every year, every winter at Lincoln Park Zoo, Zoo Lights. They have the nice, every nice. the whole zoo is decked out with Christmas lights that that are synced to music and all your favorite contemporary Christmas carols. Uh, you know, you're uh, what the hell are some contemporary Christmas carols? Fucking uh, <laughs> uh, Mariah Carey, "All I Want for Christmas Eve," stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, you know that modern Christmas song from yeah, 1994, yeah. almost hey, 30 years ago. I, I mean, what's what are I? I haven't heard a new Christmas song since the 90s. Anyways. <laughs> this is this is a great one for, for it, there's nothing more magical than uh, the zoo lights at Christmas. You walk around, you drink some hot chocolate. It's uh it's free. You don't have to pay to do this. And this is one that I uh go back to 2014. I went to zoo lights three nights in a row. <laughs> because I uh, That's a lot of zoo lights. I was uh, I was a single man. Short term memory loss on your date or what? No, I was okay. I, I was uh, I was on the website okcupid.com. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. I I went on three first dates three nights in a row with three different oh, women. Oh my and god! And the reason was I figured strategically. Oh if I God. did the same thing each night, there was zero chance I would run into the person I had been on a date with before. <laughs> and and if I did, they would also be on a date with somebody else. So every so it was everything was negated. Nobody was in trouble, you know, whatever. So uh, it's, it's a big city. There's more than just like three locations to do things. <laughs> well, I, I, I ran in. Mitch, you were there for this moment. I went on a, a like. I had been on like two dates with somebody and you and I and your parents were there and we went to watch Manchester United play 
uh, like an early morning thing and we were leaving and I ran into the this girl I had been out on a date with the night before and she was on a brunch date with somebody else. And it was a super awkward moment because she had this this guy with her and she came up and gave me a hug and whatever. And so she she and I talked uh afterwards and she was like i'm really sorry about that that was awkward and she was like that guy figured out that there's something going on between us and um and so like i broke it off with him whatever and then (laughs) she and i she and i dated for like maybe six weeks later and i looked her up on facebook like maybe three three years later or something (laughs) she's married to him (laughs) so <laughs> oh man. So anyways, that had happened and so I, I I was a little paranoid. So I didn't want to have a repeat of that moment. So that's anyways, Zoo Lights. Have have fun at Zoo Lights. Merry Christmas everybody. That's the story. Okay, first of all, you are I feel like Christmas time is an odd time of year to be starting like the first date thing in general. Like everyone's kind of like gearing up to either go home or be shopping or whatever. And you lined up three <laughs> within the time frame of zoo lights in a row. How did you pull that off? I don't I didn't want to be lonely at Christmas. I was just trying. <laughs> I, I understand. You know? I understand that. But like even so to Mitch's number five. You would have to. Somebody's going to meet the whole family in two or three weeks from the time you go to the. No, zoo. no, no. It's 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 the safest because it's too soon to meet the family. It's like you know you can you go home for the holidays if things aren't working out. You just like have an easy exit. Like, yep, gonna be out of town. Bye later. All right, that's smart. That's smart. But then the strategy is also I'm going to take you somewhere free, and we're going to make out amongst the monkey shit. Let's start this relationship off right. (laughs) (laughs) Zoo Lights also is just lousy with children, right? Aren't there kids everywhere all the time there? It's It's like a family place. You can't swear. Is swearing is swearing a very important part of your first date routine? <laughs> just yeah. well, you gotta you gotta show off your vocabulary, you know. <laughs> I, I Zoo Lights is kind of a madhouse. I, I agree with Mitch. I mean, the amount of kids and families that are there is, and because it's free and because it's the only zoo in city limits, it is always packed. Yeah. So I prefer Zoo Lights out in the suburbs at Brookfield Zoo for those who care. But uh, yeah, I care, it's, Brian. That's it's awesome. The, it's the better zoo lights, okay? <laughs> and they have contemporary music, not these <laughs> FM radio boomboxes that Nathan listens to that only tune to the nineties. Yeah, Man- Mannheim Steamroller, I believe that was. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> yeah, they've aged terribly with all the synthesizers. Oh man, we could talk about. We, we got to save zoo lights for a whole another Christmas episode this year. So uh, before yeah. we get down to the f- track too far, Mitch, your number four. Yeah. Also, I want to share that morning that we were walking back from Cleo's uh, with my parents. When the girl was about a half a block off, Nathan was kind of leading the group. He turns on and goes, "Okay, guys, this is about to get real awkward. So just kind of like follow my lead here." And my parents were like, "Okay, and then, what's going on?" And then, and then honestly, it seemed very, very normal. Like they were just like polite to each other and like, "Hello, hi," and hugged and. And we went on, and, and then I remember Nathan was like, "Ooh," or whatever, did like "Ooh" afterwards. Like, oh my god! It wasn't I, a pleasant moment for me. I I did my best to hold it together, and I think I succeeded. But no, no, you, you, inside you, I was I was dying. Yeah, you, you absolutely did. And my parents had no idea what was going on. So then Nathan, I think later, I think you had to explain like, "Well, I was just out on a date, and we were together last night." And my and, then, <laughs> and my dad was like, "Oh, okay, all right." 
Uh, but yeah, Nathan so, is really good at explaining the top layer of his anxiety, <laughs> but then burying it that it's like tenfold inside of his body, and then that explanation comes out a little later. So that's why it's like you just gotta kind of let it run its course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I'm I'm sorry for for Delane. Here's my number four. My number four is not not necess- necessarily something I would do myself, and I might not even suggested to people but i just thought it needed to be mentioned so and that is the golden generation date so here now this is this is the only one that i that i'm saying like everything else no matter what gender like wherever you're dating you you can do everything else this one you kind of have to be a man uh to do it so first off you put on your best slacks your starch dress shirt (laughs) you have a smart navy blue tie with some embellishments you're wearing your grandfather's tie clip and then next, you put on your, your checkered sport coat with the least amount of cigarette burns and pork chop stains on it. And then last looks in your office mirror before you leave for the day at 345. You arrive at 658, two minutes early to the home of your date, preferably your secretary or your friend's secretary or woman that lost her way on your office floor looking for the dental office. But then you arrive five minutes late to the front door because you had to refill the flask you just emptied with the bottle of old granddad from your trunk bar. Then you try and break her father's hand as you stare each other down in your uh, booze-soaked eyeballs, measuring who's more steady. But you both benefit from the stability of the handshake, and you call it a draw. You're back outside. You open the door for your date, and you tell her how pretty she is, okay? Then you pull off the flask some more on your way to the driver's door. Then you're at dinner, (laughs) and you argue with the Lutzen Steakhouse waiter over the price of the vodka and your seven martinis when the check comes. Then you close a deal for three million bucks with Lester Hanover, who you just happen to run into in the bathroom as you're dabbing vomit from the tip of your tie. Oh, yeah. Remember to get your grandfather's tie clip fixed. Um, and now you're parked in a quiet spot. The moon is bright. Wink, wink. But wait. Are you slow at the starter's pistol? Has she read too many books to be true mother material? Starting to notice your pomade quaff recede? Well, good sire, you're in luck, because Colonel Horseman's good time salve is here for you. It revs her engine, sterilizes hers, and reseeds your greens in no time. When it sizzles, stop applying. Formerly known as Dr. Horsetail's equine goo powder, Colonel Horseman's good time salve is storming the market of men's pleasure life products. Colonel Horseman's good time salve comes packaged in recycled tobacco tins or Folgers cans so it travels discreet. Like your drinking habit. <laughs> Colonel Horseman's good time salve. <laughs> for that photo finish. And that's my I'm, number four. <laughs> I have no idea what just happened. I mean, I want to go on that date, but I don't understand it. <laughs> you have just described a bunch of boomer alcoholics. Uh, that... This date uh, has to take date, place in 1961. In this is 1961. Yeah, it was it like that was. Yeah. It's we started off on Don Draper's homecoming night and then ended <laughs> in an ended in a 1930s radio advertisement. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do with this. Uh, two points. Do you have questions? Do you have any questions? I have. No, I have no. We don't have time for questions. <laughs> oh my god, Nathan, you're gonna get three points. You don't want to uh, know more about Colonel Horseman's good time self? I mean, it's... everybody can go to goodhorsemansgoodtimeself.com <laughs> to find out more. Uh, <laughs> Nathan, Colonel, three points Colonel for your lights. Oh my god. Whatever. He's been demoted. Uh, <laughs> Nathan, I love zoo lights. I love Christmas. I don't know if it's a great idea for a first date, but you sold me. It's, it's not. Oh my god. Okay. 
Oh, and I'm sorry, be, having a trunk bar <laughs> and refilling your flask and coming up with some sort of thing that allows you to enhance your male stimulation just so you can finish this date to see if she's mother material. Yeah, I was listening. <laughs> number three, Nathan. <laughs> All right, my, my number three is is simple, and it's it's not because I think it's going to be fun. This is the key. It's because <laughs> it's I don't expect this to necessarily be fun for the person I'm taking on the date, but there's a principle behind it. And this is going on a ghost tour. And the reason I want to do this is because I like ghost tours. I'm going to do something I want to do. Ghost tours are a little bit nerdy. They're they're more about history. You do some learning. You walk around. It's spooky. It's corny. It's cheesy. But this is the sort of shit that I like to do. And I might as well just figure out if the person I am going on a date likes my quirky, nerdy interests and is going to accept me for who I am at the top of the relationship. And if they hate it and if I find myself trying to be like, oh, yeah, this is kind of stupid, right? <laughs> and I'm trying then I know it's not going to work. So just I be myself. I indulge in a nerdy interest at the beginning. And then I know if it's going to work or not right away. Before we move any further, I need to ask this question. Nathan, do you believe in ghosts? <laughs> no, I absolutely don't. <laughs> okay, good. That's very important to me. So yeah. thank you. <laughs> like I said, like you learn like you you, you learn part, more yeah. about yeah, it's 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 all like you you just get some uh some history and then they throw like, oh, and also like somebody once saw a shadow in a window. Like you you learn some facts and then they they sprinkle something it's in. It's the one activity and like form of storytelling where the exposition is more important than the punchline. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. All right. I need, you got to set all of this information up about this building, who built it, why it's here, why it's cursed. And then the punchline's like, eh, whatever, who cares about who died? Yeah. <laughs> building I've, it. <laughs> I've, I've been on, I've been on ghost tour. Uh, somebody who is uh, a dear friend of mine. She and I have been on a ghost tour here in Chicago. We had a great time. We're still Oh, is friends. that what we're calling it these days? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we went on a ghost tour. Is that a yeah. euphemism? <laughs> but I've I've been on like I've been on ghost tours. Off the Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've Don't I've been on ghost my tours. One. In, Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Nate. So, so Savannah, Georgia, very cool ghost tour. York in England and Edinburgh, Scotland. Edinburgh, Scotland, the one where it was two roommates conducting a ghost tour, and yes. they literally literally got in a fist fight. <laughs> it was either the worst ghost tour or the best ghost tour. I can't remember. Uh, but yeah, so it's dorky, but it's me. Accept me for who I am. Let's let's figure out who the other person is. There you go. What's Do the they- most interesting historical fact you learned on a ghost tour? Uh, I don't. It was something about uh, Chris Farley dying in the handcuffs. <laughs> they actually <laughs> talked about that. The literally and the one was, from last week. It was, All right. No, no. <laughs> that was the weird. The weirdest one is it was like this. We remember like there was there was a boat that uh, overturned in the Chicago River. That that one was really yes. horrifying. Yeah. And, and then like we walked up like near the. And I know it had to be so fabricated. It was like, yeah, so Chris Farley died in this building in 1997. And and then they were like, yeah, so people say they see the ghost of Chris Farley. I'm like, nobody's ever said that. Like, th- nobody has ever said that. Like, it was just, yeah, that my was the most hope, memorable thing. My only hope is they actually see the ghost of Matt Foley. That would be <laughs> so much <Yeah>. better. <laughs> I mean, I worked in that building for two years. I was dying to see the ghost of Chris Farley and... <laughs> Since since Mitch, ghosts aren't real, they he Mitch, never showed up. Your, your, your thought on ghost tours here? Uh, I think that you know, d- d- does the date have to 
like respect your love of ghosts or like or like I mean is it okay that they're not totally into it but they're like supporting you I'm I'm, I'm sure that's nice but also what if they really believe in ghosts is that a problem for you yeah, that's that's also a good litmus test is okay. if they're like if they, you know, you think like, oh, they're jumping into my arms because they're a little spooked. You know, a little physical contact. Maybe that's what you'd be excited about. Not me on the ghost tour. I'm like, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. We're a rational couple. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> rational, rational and mathematical and sterile. That is the sort of relationship I'm looking for. So well, when yeah. she reaches into her pocket and starts lighting some sage just for protection, you know, it's probably yeah. time to get out of that date. Have hey, uh, you guys ever had a first date that seemed like they were haunted? Like the person? <laughs> <laughs> he goes in for the kiss and she just disappears. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I've had plenty of women disappear after the first date, but not, not during. A hen infant haunting coming to a pit near you. Uh, Mitch, your number three. Uh, my number three is uh, one of my favorite ways to, one, find out a lot of information about someone, kind of how they move through the world, how they operate um, as a respectful human being in a, in a, um, you know, in a community. Um, and that is you go to the grocery store together and you shop for a, a meal that you're going to make together at at one of y'all's ap- uh, apartments or houses or whatever. And so you figure out right away, is this a person who leaves their cart on the right side of the aisle and, and, and you know, stands on the left? Is this a person who, um, you know, expects someone else to push the cart and they're just going to walk along and text? Uh, is this someone who's never had a green pepper before? If that's true, not eh, we might not jive, I'm thinking, maybe, at least for me personally. You know, guys know I love food. Uh, and then also, this is also a way for me to show off a little bit, you know? And they're like, oh, I, I don't know if I do garlic. Garlic feels spicy. And you're like, no, garlic is great. We're, we're, we're going to have garlic and we're going to pair it with ginger. It's going to be incredible. Don't you worry about it. Um, you know, and you then definitely also- want to have a first kiss when garlic is involved. That's. <laughs> Well, that's why you cook you cook the garlic slowly and on very low heat so it becomes sweet. It does not maintain its very garlicky nature. Um, that's a that's a pro tip for you. Um, but, but then, okay, so, so you do the, the the grocery store trip. You can kind of like witness how they you know are they polite people? Do they you know let let the the, the mother with two kids go ahead of them? Um, do they just like leave the the freezer door open when they're when they're choosing Neapolitan ice cream? If they choose Neapolitan ice cream, say I've got to go to the bathroom and then sprint out the back door and just get out of there because I'm sorry. Neapolitan ice cream is the worst fucking thing ever. That's for someone who, like, you could just get three different tubs of ice cream, but then you're putting it into one. You can get three, but you're going to get one. It's so stupid. I hate Neapolitan ice cream. I think it's one of the dumbest things ever. Um, okay, let's keep moving forward here. Okay, so you're so, so you're back at your house. And then, again, you're cooking together. Cooking together, and you immediately figure out, uh, can someone communicate? Can they work together uh, well with you? Um, again, do they know what the hell, you know, simple foods are, like that kind of thing? And then also, um, do they like to drink wine while they cook? That's also another positive. That means they're kind of, they're loose. They're kind of fun, maybe. Um, and Nathan is so confused right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I actually love this. I really do. I yeah. think this is brilliant. I think go the, everything Mitch brilliant. said, like I, in, in relationships that I've had, this is actually a litmus test is like if you have fun going grocery shopping with somebody like 
then you're going to have fun with them all the time. And also, like Mitch said, there's so many at the grocery store. There's so many little tests of how polite a person is that you you see how they they treat customer service people, how they treat fellow customers. Mm -hmm. I I I have nothing to argue against this. I think this is one of the best answers we've ever had on the show, and I'm being sincere. Wow. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> that is amazing. And 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 also too, I I forgot to mention. I put in my notes here, but I hadn't looked at them yet because this this just like it courses through my veins. I know this date so well. Um, <laughs> if they go to the freezer aisle and they don't go straight for the ice cream, but instead they go to like these Stouffer's or like you know like those crappy like microwave meals. Get again. I have to go to the bathroom, <laughs> but then don't even hide that you're leaving. Just sprint for the front door and just get out of there. Uh, I just see Mitch. He's pushing the cart and he just he just lifts his hands. Is like just does an about face and just walks away. <laughs> I'm leaving with the, the cart. Fuck out of here. I'm, I'm gonna run like Tom Cruise, just angular, and my fingers are pointed upwards. Um, you walk the, up, shake her hand, ma'am. Thank you. It was it was great, but I have to leave now. Yeah, Sorry. this is. Sorry. This is done. Uh, you're this done. This will not work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good luck paying for all this. <laughs> and then, and then also, this is a good time too, because like maybe you've made a meal together. You know, preferably you should eat at the table, uh, and then maybe after a little dessert, have a little movie, and this is the time when you put on your most guilty pleasure, a movie that they need to understand that you love, that might be a little out of left field. And uh, on a grocery store um, date with Danny, actually, afterwards, back to my house, and I put on the movie Roar, which is a 1980, oh, <laughs> 1980s movie <laughs> where a family tries to survive in a house of tigers and lions and <laughs> and uh, jungle cats. And it's absolutely nuts, but the soundtrack is great. And Danny was like, this is incredible. So I knew right away, I was like, this girl is it. And so it turned out to be an excellent date. Um and, uh, and also, too, she didn't tell me this. She hates guac. She doesn't like guacamole at all. But she didn't tell me on that date. And I put guacamole on her quesadilla that we made together. And I felt so bad about it when I found out, mm-hmm. like, a m- months later. Um, so communicate. Communicate. Keep it honest. Keep it flowing. That's my number three. Thank you very much. I like how it took months to reveal the guacamole mistake. <laughs> She was sitting on it for a while until like maybe the first little argument came up. Like, you put guacamole on my quesadilla, you son of a bitch. Well, she's such a sweetheart. She doesn't want to I know, hurt my I feelings, know. She's so, too yeah. nice. I know. Da- Danny's not from the Midwest, so that's no. the only reason why it was it was just like a few months. Like, I think <laughs> the three of us or anybody for family, like, I'm pretty sure like one of my parents has probably gone through 40 years of marriage saying that they like some food that the other one cooks and they must hate it. They just... They're going to the you don't it, say yeah. it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like back in back in 1975 when they met, one of them is like, "Well, we're having pancakes for breakfast," and my mom was probably like, "God damn it, I'm gonna be having pancakes for the rest of my life." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, what a wholesome number three! I I am so happy not only with Mitch. I thought this was a bad idea when I first read it, but you sold me on it. It is a great test, and Nathan for your sportsmanship. What this is three points all around. This is just good for good for the listener. All right. Yep. So number three gets three points all around. Uh, Nathan, your number two, please. All right. Well, my number two is completely out of your control. Life's a lottery. Be lucky. Uh, that's my advice on this one. So <laughs> it's not something you can plan. But I say just have completely unexpected good fortune. And there's there's two stories from my life. One was a first date and one was a last date. This one actually works better as a last date. 
So in chronological order, the first date I had was, uh, it was, uh, 2008 studying abroad in London and, uh, met a very nice girl. She was from Minnesota and, uh, we, we had, <laughs> yep, oh Minnesota. yeah, she was Mitch's eyes are so hold big. On, right hold on, hold on. Yeah. When it's right, let's do some role play. I'll be the girl from Minnesota, and then you can be you on the first date. Okay, <laughs> let's 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 actually not do that. <laughs> oh, oh, Nathan, your your hair is so long and so cool. I like that. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was awesome. Well, we. Ooh. This this girl and we went, we went out to a, a restaurant. We had dinner. It was just pretty normal, average, run of the mill first date. We went. We had a couple drinks at a bar on the Thames. Then we we went. We walked, and it was it was getting pretty late. And we got around to where the London Eye is, which is right across from Big Ben. And is this in uh, London, Nathan. Have you been to London before? Is this in London? Uh, London. Did <laughs> yeah, I mention London? Just, uh, oh. yeah. just wanted to make sure. Yep. Good. But. We uh we we reached that uh, lovely little spot in uh, London. This is in England. The, the got United it. London, Kingdom. England. Yeah, yeah, got it. Uh, yeah, it's in Europe. It's and a world city. <laughs> That's the same country as as Wales, right? It's neighboring to <laughs> oh, Wales. Okay. Yes. Yeah. But it's like the same country. Country. I've been right? on a first date in Wales too. Would you like me to tell that story? Because I can. <laughs> I took her to a guitar store and showed up. Anyways. Um, <laughs> I'm sure she loved that one. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> we we get right across the river from Big Ben, and the date had been going pretty well. And uh, we turn and we have the first kiss. And as luck would have it, Big Ben struck midnight right at the exact moment. And that is a moment that I lived and I will have for the rest of my life. And I am thankful for it. It was awesome, but I had absolutely nothing to do with it. I just fell ass backwards into it. The second, the second story about this is a last date. So this is actually over, over Christmas. Like I want to say this is like uh, maybe I don't know. This is also about ten years ago. I, I, I start dating somebody before Christmas. The, we go our separate ways on Christmas, and it, it turns out it's not going to work out. Like she went to Florida for a while. I went home whatever and uh we get back to chicago and it's january and she texts me she's like look like obviously like we're we're just this is kind of fizzled out whatever but i left a scarf in your car and it was a gift like it would mean a lot to me if you can return that i was like of course i will return that and she was uh she was in school somewhere downtown so it's like six o'clock in the evening i agree to meet her hand off the scarf and she was like well you know like like we're here like you know we're we're cool with each other whatever she's like should we she literally called it should we go on a like for a last supper I'm like yeah yeah like let's let's have a, a meal together or whatever and we're walking around in the river north area and we can't get in anywhere like it's uh i can't remember if it was a weekend or night or, or not but we just we can't get anywhere so we end up at ed de bevix which is like a just complete <laughs> gimmicky it's one of those like it's a 50s diner where the the staff treats you like garbage or you know, <laughs> not not where we wanted to go but we were like all right we'll we'll go eat some chili that's overpriced or whatever <laughs> so we go in there we sit down and then out like like 5 minutes later this lady comes over and she's like hello uh, like just real strange she's like hello here are two tickets to tonight's Bulls game. We're season ticket holders. They're good seats. And we've had a family emergency and we can't go. These are for you. Just slides them over to us. And we're like, 
well, I guess we're going. And so we go and we sit and they're literally the seats right in front of the owner's box. And so um, John Paxson, who was then GM of the Bulls, is sitting right behind me. Your second total favorite dick. player too, right? Total dick, by the way. Oh, okay. Absolute jerk. <laughs> like he was a total dick to me when I tried to talk to him. Uh, Theo Epstein, manager, <laughs> yeah. uh, GM of the Cubs and former GM of the Red Sox was there. And and also Tim Meadows, former SNL <laughs> alum, is, is in the box too. I don't know what he was doing there, but there he was. And the Bulls were playing the Golden State Warriors with a very young Steph Curry and a very young Clay Thompson but they had not come into their own yet and the Bulls actually won by like 35 points and it was a, just a magical occasion and then uh we went out walked uh she dropped me off at the L we said goodbye and I've never seen or heard from her again but it was a wonderful last date so wow just be lucky that's that's it that is that is the best last date anyone could ever ask for especially for you it feels like it was written for you <laughs> like, yeah it was it was an amazing it was an amazing night and uh, I'm glad we shared it and then we went our separate ways uh, with no animosity perfect last date. Uh, for those of you who have never been to Ed DeBevix, where the waiters are intentionally rude to you as if they are in a 50s diner. The only uh, memory I have is we went with our neighbors once who had two little kids and they were not really that happy while we were there and the waitress came over and she said what happened what's wrong with you kids your dog die or something? They had put down their golden retriever earlier that day. <laughs> and the mom was like, yeah, we actually did put our dogs down. And then she was the nicest waitress we've ever had anywhere in our lives. She felt so bad. Uh, anecdote over. Uh, Mitch, number two. Yeah. My number two is very simple. And it's just you fuck. And you fucking fuck. <laughs> No, I'm, no, 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 no. I'm joking. Guys, I'm joking. It's a joke. It's a fun joke. Um, I mean, but I also just, it's not. Like, that's, oh it's also God. not a joke. Like, if, Guys, if that's your normal first date, listeners out there, then time to do some work on yourself, okay? Because you can't love someone else until you love you. Don't forget about that. But my number two is actually the – I've done this before with – Danny, uh, it th- this works. It absolutely helps uh, um, ingratiate yourself and become more intimate with. It could be a, a potential, you know, um, romantic partner or with friends even as well. And that is, you do the magic questions. These are a set of thirty six questions created by a psychologist to create higher levels of intimacy very quickly between two people. And if you do the exercise correctly, you make eye contact with your with your potential partner the whole time and i think there's like two breaks in between um and it works it freaking works you learn a lot about someone you are vulnerable you're honest all these things at once but before you start these i highly recommend you find an intimate but public setting because obviously this is a first date um preferably a dimly lit cocktail lounge and you order four strong cocktails we're talking you get a last word maybe manhattan or a good margarita or a mojito or something, you tell the waiter to bring the second round in 30 minutes because that's a, probably about when you'll be starting set two or almost be done with set two. Um, so you have and, four cocktails. What do you order her? 
<laughs> I got two hands, duh. Okay. Yeah. And then and then the and then the flask. Remember yeah, the flask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the trunk bar when that, when that goes to trunk bar. Continue. I actually a kid in my high school class had a trunk bar uh in the bed of his truck. He was and he sold booze in the parking lot. He was what a is bad he up to kid. now. <laughs> He lives in northern Michigan and he loves snowmobiling. So, um, <laughs> I swear to God. Um, so, yeah. But, but so part of this, I'm going to, um, we're going to do just a couple of these questions. And you, you don't have to think about it too much. Just give me your first true, honest answer. So, I'm going to start with Brian. Brian, of anyone in the world, anyone you can choose, whom would you want as a dinner guest? Tom Hanks. All right. Nathan, the same question to you. Uh, Stephen Fry. Those are both great answers. Mine, oh gosh, I didn't, I didn't think about this. I think mine would be, um, oh gosh, uh, I'm gonna go Fred Hampton. So, um, number two, here we go. Brian, what is yes. your most treasured memory? Treasured memory. Oh yeah. boy. I can share mine right away because I have one ready. If, oh, give you guys oh, some more time yeah, to think. Yeah, because that's <laughs> you're right. You're asking me to dig deep in the vault. Yeah, my most treasured memory is I think it was probably about uh, eight or nine. We went to go cut down a Christmas tree at a Christmas tree farm in Wisconsin, and there was not a blizzard, but a very heavy snowfall. And so when we got to the tree farm, everything was freshly fallen snow. The uh. snow and it was just warm enough where it was perfect mm. for snowballs. And we probably had a snowball fights and like threw the football around for like two or three hours before we even cut the tree down. Um, and then on the way home, you know, got some overpriced chili. But uh, <laughs> that was that was a, a pretty, pretty spectacular day. One of the few days, too, where my brother and I didn't fight. Um, I, I remember that we were we were friends the whole day. So that was that was a pretty, pretty awesome memory. So, Nathan, do you have one uh, meeting both of my nieces for the first time? Oh, that's good. That's yeah. Was that in the hospital or in in uh, at, at in home or one one was at the hospital, one was at my my sister's home. Okay. Uh, one of my recent ones from recent memory is uh, Jenny and I went up to Bayfield, Wisconsin, and we stayed in a B and B, and we woke up one morning and there was tea ready for us downstairs, and we went and sat on the swing and overlooked the foggy lake as the day was starting. Ooh, that's that wonderful. Really good that was good. That's really nice. Um, okay, and last one here. Um, when was the last time you cried in front of someone else? Mine, mine was about a week and a half ago. Uh, Danny and I were—I can't remember what we were watching, but it was something that something that was uh, emotional, and I cried in front of her. I—I I mean, I—I I cry at movies and shit all the time. So there was something recently, like little like little scenes in movies will get me once in a while. I remember the first time I ever cried like willingly, like in front of people. Yeah. <laughs> when I was a kid, we saw Big Daddy in the theater. And when he runs and says, No, I want Sonny to be my dad, I lost it in the theater. <laughs> I was like eight or nine, and I'm like, but he's a good dad. <laughs> that was not a recent one, but yeah. I definitely remember that one. Yeah. Nathan? See so, so we're recording this uh, as we're just uh, literally yesterday. Everything officially is reopened after the coronavirus pan- pandemic. And we spent over a year now in some form of social isolation. Mm-hmm. 
So I remember crying a ton over last year, <laughs> but never in front of anybody. Okay, all right. Oh, that, I was saying that, that, that's the second part of the question: is when was the last time you cried by yourself? So, uh, uh, was, what 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 time did we start? How long have we been recording this? Uh, <laughs> so we just got dark, boys. <laughs> do, do, do do we feel a little bit closer now? I think it's impossible for us to be any closer. <laughs> Okay, you know what, Brian? Back up. All right, <laughs> more distance. All right, uh, that's my number two. So yeah, the, these are a great list of questions. Um, some of them are, are really fun ones. Like one I enjoy is, do you have a hunch about how you're gonna die? Um, and you know, like normally you'd be like <laughs> yeah. heart disease, but you're like, well, maybe maybe a bridge collapse. You know, like in a in a rural town where I'm like, you know, driving my uh, sports car too fast and I hit just the just the the the, the loose screw and that the whole bridge goes down and i go in a river you know something like that but uh some enchanted evening <laughs> <laughs> i honestly think just a jump scare in a movie is gonna get me too bad one day and that's gonna be it <laughs> and amc is gonna have to ship and handle me somewhere oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah that's that's my number two uh yeah there's there's 36 questions go go check them out just google 36 questions for intimacy you'll find them very easily so all right well nathan you described the very best possible situation you could have ever had in your life a, a last date built for you from scratch and mitch you made us learn a little bit about each other so that's three points all around and now cool. we can only go on to our number ones nathan bring us home with your number one my number one is the exact opposite Instead of unexpected good fortune, unexpected bad fortune, just absolute horrible atrocity to befall you on the first date. I mean, I'm talking a sort of international terrorism hostage crisis. I want you to be kidnapped. I want every I want you to be held at gunpoint. I want you to be uh, in in a. I don't know how you'd end up in a bank, so maybe this is wrong, but you know, <laughs> like like you know, a bank robbery gone wrong. You I want everything terrible to happen to you. And this is because you see, this is this is a more on steroids version of Mitch's trip to the grocery store. You're gonna learn a lot about the person. Are they cool under pressure? What are their crisis management skills? Uh, do they try to be heroic? Do they try to be heroic in a stupid way? Uh, you know, you don't you don't want to try to be the hero in some of these situations. It's only going to get you hurt. Uh, do they try to comfort others who are having a, a more stressful reaction? Also, you know, <laughs> do, do they follow directions? <laughs> oh, that just that just came to me. That, that's, that's worse. The more I think about it. Um, funny. <laughs> and, and, sign uh, says pull you idiot pull <laughs> and if you go through something traumatic together just just like war buddies you're bonded forever it's more intimate than any actual romantic activity forever you will be linked to this person through one of the most vivid recollections you will carry with you for the rest of your days you will never fully be apart from this person. This is the best first date you can have. The worse, the better. Nathan, are you <laughs> cool as a cucumber or are you being the hero? I am cool as a cucumber. <laughs> <laughs> my my natural sort of uh, uh, 
you know, stoicism in social uh, scenarios will just be at an absolute peak. I will be just standing <laughs> silently. I will be so conscious of my six foot three height and long hair that draws attention to myself that I will try to just fade into the wall like Homer Simpson fades into the, the hedge in that famous meme. <laughs> I will be I will try to be invisible. Oh, man. Well, at least they'll know you follow directions very well. His hands are up. He is on his belly. He has stayed silent. All right. (laughs) If anything, I'm joining the other side. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever is easiest and most convenient in the moment. Mitch, where are you in this situation? Are you being the hero? Oh, I am. I, I, I always have, like, suspicious people clocked i've got i'm i'm <laughs> you're doing I'm, ocular pat down I'm, I'm ocular <laughs> patting down people i i i always kind of know where the the exits are <laughs> <laughs> sometimes i i honestly feel like you know a, like we'll walk by someone and i'm like all right danny uh if that guy who just passed in the green shirt becomes a problem because he seems agitated and uh and she's like what guy what are you talking about like the guy who was on the phone with his wife and clearly had a bad day and like might be doing something, you know, like like that kind of thing. So I am I am very good in in those situations. And uh, also, I I recently I recently read an article in the New Yorker. I know, yeah, oh, New Yorker uh, about about this new um, push to called Stop the Bleed uh, about teaching people how to um, like uh, apply pressure to um, wounds and stuff, like for you know mass yeah, casualty survival. events. And it was very interesting. And now and now I actually know, like I think just for me, I'm like, I could actually probably apply a tourniquet and or gauze a wound and keep someone alive for like 10 to 20 minutes until the EM, EMTs get there. So so go on a first date with Nathan and see what those guys are But yeah, um, I, I, I also from uh, a lot of like war games with my brother as a kid, I'm also very good at, at finding cover and moving from cover to cover. So. <laughs> Yes, yeah. your your pale reflective skin and orange hair makes you the perfect person for camouflage. If there is so an event, you, you, do not do not lie on the ground. Do not lie on the ground. You have to move quickly. Move quickly away from the area. Sprint as fast as you freaking can. Do not run in a straight line. Angles, people. Angles helps. Everyone is on the ground, but Mitch is running a zigzag pattern through open gunfire, <laughs> and he is fine. No, see, no, this is this is I'm a great diagonally this is a great for selection. cover. You find cover, then you find another one. You throw rocks to take their attention away, then you find more cover. Mitch thinks all the bad guys are T Rexes. Their vision is based on movement. <laughs> Get me out of here. Uh, yeah, no, if you it, don't, it, you don't want to go to your favorite bar for a, a first date. You go to the Gaza Strip, you go to Kosovo <laughs> in the 90s. This is where you can really show your metal, Mitch. <laughs> Anywhere that's war torn immediately. That's where you should go. Uh, uh, honestly, I, th- I think the, the best first date for me would be the, the set of whatever that one Food Network show is where they're like uncover a pile of food. and They're like, what can you make with this? And it's like, you got one knife and one board and one pan, you know, like that. And, you know, I'd be able to figure that out too. So, um, can I go with my number one? Yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks. <laughs> it is, it is the point of the show. That is yeah. True, yeah. All right. Here it is. So, so my number one, I call it the adventure game date. Now this is about unlocking levels, you know, getting to the next phase. So first, you meet for a coffee or a drink in the afternoon on a patio. Hopefully, it's sunny out. If this goes well, you know, you, you find out that they come from good stock. Uh, they, they're they polite. They, they care about people. They're interesting. They're curious. 
curiosity is one of my favorite traits um, in friends and in romantic partners. I love curiosity. People who ask questions, people who are genuinely curious and want to know more, that's the best thing. If they have a little hint of that, they've unlocked phase two. So you take your date to a store or a museum, something with fascinating artifacts or items. Um, could be the, the, the Woolly Mammoth Antiquities Shop up on uh, Foster Avenue. That's a great spot to go. Um, but you've, you go to a place where you can kind of like peruse. Uh, there's tons of fuel for conversation. Um, maybe you buy a little something, you know, you, you buy a little tchotchke, uh, who knows for them, you know, something to remember you buy. Um, but again, if if they can keep keep up with the convo, again, if they're interested, um, if you guys are vibing, um, you know, then you and your paramour, you've unlocked the next level, which is what? The most important thing, food, baby. Okay, now this dinner, <laughs> it should not be formal. You are not going to sit down any place. Uh, it should be casual, in, in my opinion. In a perfect world, it's handheld, and you're still walking with it. Now, while walking with dinner, perhaps you, you pass a beverage vendor on the street. Shall we uh, share a frosty cold Bud Light Lime? Huh? Date? Huh? Huh? <laughs> Sounds pretty good, right? No, 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 no. No, it's just a joke. I, I do not like Bud Light Lime. Uh, maybe a, a one liter of rosé, please. You know, something like that. And so you so then you're, you're still walking here. And now you need time for this food purchase and the bevy acquisition. Uh, so you'll be walking by some stunning landscape or breathtaking architecture. If you're in Chicago here, go to the Riverwalk or the Diversity Harbor looking towards downtown. Great spot. Great spot to to nosh and to chat and to take in the views. Um, or maybe you, this is another amazing date that I've done a couple times actually. And it all, it it's, it's always a favorite. You get Italian ice at, at Annette's and you and you go through the original old town of Chicago here, the part that's untouched by the Great Fire. There's so many cool buildings, so many cool homes. Great place to walk while you're eating. If you're in New York, go to Greenwich Village. It's very charming. Maybe somewhere on the west side and then you, you end up near the High Line. Uh, of course, if it's tourist season, don't go to the High Line. Uh, if you're in Indiana, then of course, you're showing your date the great garbage shit pile landfill that was plumb full <laughs> and now has a second-rate casino in its place. Wow, look at the lights and the late 90s vehicles that come standard with ashtrays that litter the parking lot. Um, <laughs> Do they like your landscapes or your buildings? Or the nature? Well, then ding-dong date, baby. They've unlocked the next phase. <laughs> and let's hope your roommate decided to visit their parents this weekend, right? Now, here you'd think, maybe we catch a flick, you know? But that's easy, though. You, It's, you know, very little interaction. We've, we've said that before. Do, don't do movies. So here's where you just happen, air quotes, onto some live music at your favorite blues bar. And this is when you unbutton a couple buttons or tear your shirt a little bit by accident, of course. But the more skin you show, the better, okay? You're sweating, you're moving in rhythm. You must have rhythm, though, too, for this phase. If not, go to a cheap comedy club that's just, like, you know, lousy with cold beer. That works. Uh, so if you have rhythm, you're moving, you're sweating, and this is when you can start to make some sound quality projections on your sexual chemistry. Do they make you feel like nothing else matters? Does their butt move just so? Well, then they've reached the <laughs> boss level. <laughs> time to carve out a little time for you both, right? Now, just make sure you leave before either of you start the th thousand yard unfocused stare and someone is craving both Taco Bell and Burrito King. Get out of there before and go to the, you know, go to the homestead. Um, and that is, that is the, the, the adventure game date. There it is. And at any point, if they do not measure up, then you stop it there. They have no idea about the other phases. It's all a surprise to them. So, 
That was that was fun, but also slightly evil. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> this is, well, what? There's a lot of expectations there. That you know, that's you got to live up to a lot to to keep up with you on this. I don't know if I have that much energy. That was a long <laughs> no, evening no. you just described. <laughs> well, see, and I I, want- I I prefer a long first date. I, I don't I don't like like an hour or two and done. Like because I I don't know enough then you know. And the first date's always like an interview. You know, it's basically what it is. <clears throat> Unless yeah. you're fucking, but I mean, you got the job. I I did have a great date. And I think it was like 2008. It was back in the DePaul days. I went on a date with uh, a woman and we went to the Field Museum to the George Washington Carver special exhibit. Mm. And it was one of the best dates I've ever been on. So I do I do understand where you're coming from at the yeah. at the beginning of the evening there. Yeah. Do they send you home with at least a little sampling of peanut butter? Or? No, but that was the last day I had gumbo. I remember that because we went to <laughs> heaven on seven. <laughs> We went to heaven on seven, and I had gumbo, and then, and then a couple of years later, I developed a shellfish allergy. So I remember that day specifically as the last day I ever had gumbo. Well, <laughs> so, market, so Chrissy folks. Esparza, if you're listening out there, Chrissy, thanks for the last meal of gumbo. <laughs> oh man, Mitch, yeah. I want it. Nathan, this sounds horrible. Your your first date. You're hoping for bad fortunes. You're gonna get one point. I understand you're gonna learn a lot, but you're really hoping someone's getting injured, and that's not good. And Mitch, I wanted to give you one point for your lack of brevity, but uh, you shit on Indiana, so you're getting two points. <laughs> uh, the problem with that is that leaves us with a tie. We are at twelve twelve, gentlemen. Yep. Nobody has mentioned what's on the post-it of wonder. Of cliched oh. first dates. Drinks uh, at a bar. Uh, movie. Uh, romantic okay, movie. Stop. <laughs> you have three guesses. Now it is Nathan's turn. Do you have a guess, sir? Uh, God, Think 80s uh, movies. Think specifically Karate Kid. <laughs> never seen it. Uh, Take your date just to make words. out point. I'm going to say no. ice cream. Just nope. some something to do with ice cream. Nope, it was mini golf and maybe mini bone. Go- that was oh. it. No, <laughs> so nobody got mini golf. The most cliched of basically teenage first dates. Yeah. Uh, so it's a tie. You guys figure it out in the parking lot. Oh. If you do my number one correctly, it'll definitely be a hole in one. <laughs> oh, gross. Oh. <laughs> Oh, boy. As you all know, we owned, purchased, and stocked a softball team, and it's time for the seventh <laughs> inning stretch. Uh, Uber Cinco is the proud sponsor of the no-hit Sherlock softball team out of Elmhurst, Illinois. Let's see how our beloved Baker Street Sluggers did this week. Wow, what an update that was. Good job, radio <laughs> hosts. All right, now it is time for the Fast Five Worst Summer Thirst quenchers. Number five, a hot, not so fresh can of Yoohoo from the back of the car. Oh. Yep. You picked <laughs> this up one time at a gas station, but got distracted by that call from mom. That can swirled around the back seat for months until you, well, you kind of needed to clean out the back seat for guests. Then you threw it in the trunk, but come on, you're not going to waste it. I mean, you bought the can. Then comes the day where you need it, and that thick chocolate drink coats your throat hole, making you wish you weren't you anymore. Number four, a cold glass of vinegar. 
What? Your young nephew Toby thought it would be a fun prank to play on you, an unassuming (laughs) uncle. Your red solo cup of Sprite was replaced, and now Toby walks with a limp. Coincidence? (laughs) A judge thought so. Number three. A skunk beer that's been in the cooler since last summer. You know the one. It's the forgotten moose head that you buried in ice when you restocked the cooler without looking. It's the end of the party, and it's the only beer left. Little do you know it has been frozen, defrosted, and reheated several times over the seasons. Good luck, soldier. You're going to need it. Number two. A ladle of sticky caramel from the Sunday bar. No comment, just a horrible idea. Number one. A fresh, ice-cold draft IPA. Why would you do this to yourself? (laughs) Who made IPAs popular? What is wrong with everyone's palates? Are you guys okay? Who hurt you? Drinking perfume (laughs) is not okay. You will die. I want you to live. And that's this week's edition of Uber (laughs) Cinco. From your local produce section, camouflaging his head amongst the carrots has been (laughs) Mitch Brinkman. And it doesn't mean what you think it means. The Warren County Cornhusker Strangler himself has been <laughs> Nathan Ennenfeld. And I have been Brian Ernst. And as BizBear always says, Nathan was masturbating behind the shed. You got that, right? Avita Zane and adios. <laughs> You've just listened to Uber Cinco, a production of UBK Studios. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your fine podcasts from. If you like what you hear and want to support the show, please visit our Patreon site at patreon.com slash UBK Studios. Every little bit helps us keep the lights on and the bill collectors at bay. Keep tabs on us on all the social media at UBK Studios, and most importantly, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can see that we really are just a bunch of good Midwestern boys. (laughs) 